the owner's relatable. The team gets me. I get rewarded. I, you know, I, I have a say. Yeah. And that's that's huge. I like that family. I'm just thinking of like s'mores around a damn pit fire right now and yeah. some cornholio. There's there's after. been a lot of that. There's been a lot of that. All aboard! Outdoor service owners, rise and shine. It's time to start fueling your success one adventure at a time. Welcome to Outdoors, the entrepreneur, brought to you by House Call Pro, where business owners explore ways to take charge and level up. We are your host. I am Kevin Fontaine, and this is me, amigo, Patrick Harders. Join us on this journey every Wednesday. Like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube channel, and listen to wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on our social media platforms at Outdoorsy Boss. Big Pat. How you doing, Kevin? Doing great, man. What's going on? Not much. I'm excited about this topic. This is something that I didn't even think about for probably eight years of running my own business. And I was like, you know, what do you mean culture? And made culture. no sense at all to me, but it's such an important topic. And you're going to have a culture in your business, whether you want it or not because yep. it's going to come around you and a planned culture is much better than an unplanned. You know, I say, look at Chick-fil-A and Kentucky fried chicken. They both have cultures. Yes. And they're very different than each other. Big time, big time. You know, every time I go to a Chick-fil-A, it seems to be ran so well. Yeah. They do have a ton of employees, but they got to be making bank. Yeah, they, they do. That's a great, that's a well-managed, I mean, it's a machine. You see there, there's like three lines rolling around for a chicken sandwich and it's unbelievable. You know, KFC is right next door and you got to wait 15 minutes just to get one. So yeah, different, totally different mindset on how they run their business and, you know, the purpose of what they're doing. And, and they have a great mission statement and yeah, they're, they're an impressive company. Yeah. And a pretty good it's, sandwich. Yeah. Damn good sandwich. Culture. So how can business owners improve or start even their own culture? I think you have to start thinking about it. Like you really have to to sit down and take some time and, and define like, you know, what is your purpose? That was one thing. Okay. Um, we spent, I went away for a conference and Damien and I own a company called Sterling. And that's what we had to come up like, what is our actual purpose of what we're doing? Like, why do we do what we do? And what are we, what are we doing that's going to inspire others? So somebody like, why do you wake up out of, out of bed every morning? And why do your employees want to follow you? Yeah, exactly. You own Sterling Lighting out of Virginia. Yep. And Enlightened Outdoor Lighting Service. Yeah. yeah. So you're all over the lighting yeah. industry. We, <laughs> yeah. we, we do a little bit of everything there. Yeah, and I own, if, if people don't know, a landscaping company, Fontaine Landscaping, been in business for a long time. And I started Outdoor Lighting Company, a Bolt Outdoor Lighting, but I wanted to create a niche. And I had been doing lighting with landscaping the whole time. But I wanted to develop that upper level next step so I can separate myself from competition. And me and you met in a formal training event, design heavy. Yeah. And just building up those blocks of professionalism and knowledge and skill and everything you could do to niche out, find that blue ocean. And um, culture is a big part because you're transferring your passion, what you've created to other people. Yeah. So how long were you in business before you started thinking about culture? Probably a good six, seven. Yeah. I mean, you had a culture before that, but it, you know, it was obviously probably smaller at the beginning, but you know, one. Yeah. Family, developed. family ran down home, okay. casual as hell. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you hired good old boys that you like, you would hang out with them after. Ultimately we're looking to try and bring people around us that, that could make up for our weaknesses. Cause you know, that's a question I always ask on interviews. Like, what are you not good at? And I'm telling you, it's funny when people are like, oh, I'm good at everything. Like, no, you're not like, nobody's good at everything. That's like a huge red flag. Um, right. but you want to surround <laughs> yourself around people that have skill sets and personalities that are different than yours. that could complement your business and, and make up for the weaknesses we have. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. But because that, hold on, let me see the, when you're hiring and you don't know what you're doing at mm -hmm. the beginning, like I did, I would hire people just cause I liked them. It was just their attitude. I liked or whatever. Or they, they said they could do something right. Yeah. Or but you have a friend that, that needs job and you're like, sure, come on in. I need somebody. Yeah, to tell him to come on in. <laughs> you're awesome. He's going to be awesome. Yeah. What's the worst that can right. happen? You're firing your high school friend or something like that. Yeah. You hire your own friends and yeah. to do it. So the, the thing about having some kind of culture, some kind of process, some kind of filtering thing is important to get the right person in because they need to believe in your mission and vision and culture. Yeah. We just went through the process. We're going through a rebrand in my company. And so that was the first thing we had to do is like, Hey, define your culture. And having done it in 2009, we came up with our purpose and then, and I've grown since then, hopefully, uh, my people have, and it's like, we kind of had to sit down and go through that again. And, you know, it was interesting. It, it, it's not an easy process to say like, you know, what is the thing that, that inspires you to get out of bed? You know, my friend runs a mosquito company and he's like, to be the best at spraying mosquitoes. I'm like, is that really what excites you? And he's like, <laughs> about a month later, he's like, I don't care. <laughs> he's I like, care. I'm not getting out of bed to be like the best mosquito sprayer in the world. You know? So it's like, you know, what is the purpose that we have? And we came up with a new one this year that I thought, you know, defined a lot of what we do in multiple facets. Um, but our purpose in its new company is Dayloom, but it's to enrich time spent at home with family and friends. Nice. And so like from the customer standpoint, it's like, we want to enrich their lives. We want to make a, an outdoor setting that's, you know, wonderful for them. But I also uh -huh. want to create a culture in my company. Like I want you to, to be able to turn it off, to make enough money that you can enjoy time with your friends and family. Yeah. You know, a lot of times our employees become like friends and family to us. And, you know, oh, yeah. we have parties and invite everybody over. So, you know, that for us was something like, how do we make it, how do we run a business effectively enough that we're enriching our time with family and friends? Cause in the end of the day, that's, that's what we want. We're not going to say like, I wish I worked more. I wish I spent more time. It's like, you know, I want to develop relationships and that's, that's important for us. So that's what we went with. But everybody's got a different, you know, different feeling of what they want to do. Yeah, they want to feel valued. They want to feel like they're a part of the machine. And yeah. they're a puzzle to they're a puzzle piece to the big picture and they want to feel a part of that and be rewarded and not not necessarily all with money or anything. It's just that they want to feel accomplished in your eyes as an owner and their peers' eyes as the team and setting goals yeah. is a great culture building tool. Um, let them achieve certain plateaus, goals. Celebrate those goals. We used to have a, a prize wheel. Mm -hmm. So our during every monthly meeting, we'd celebrate. This is in landscaping. We'd celebrate uh, the winning team of the month that came in under hours, under budget. And then we would have a voted by the peers winner, employee of the month, essentially, yeah. who provided the most value this month, who bent over backwards 
you know, that's with the team, that's with the customer they witnessed. And then each would spin the wheel and get time off, get Chick-fil-A coupons, et cetera. Then we had a third spin the wheel in customer accolades. So whoever got the most Google reviews or a letter, email, whoever got an email saying, Jose, Juan, Mark, Janet, did an awesome job at our property. Anytime that name or the team was mentioned, we used to have a leaf, big tree on the wall, and they get to put their team color, which was a leaf, on the tree. Okay. And it, it was kind of like a tree of life building thing. So anytime they can feel a part of a, something that's you can wrap your arms around, just like hugging somebody, it was awesome. Yeah. And I heard it explained one way. It's like, you know, when somebody's out of culture, they, they shouldn't be in your organization. And it's like, what do you hire, train, and ultimately fire somebody over? Let's say you have somebody that just doesn't, like, I always, like, if I see a problem, it's like, jump in and roll up your shirt sleeves and let, let's solve this problem. Let's do whatever we can. But not mm-hmm. everybody's wired that way. If somebody doesn't have that, that mentality of like, hey, let's get things done, you know, or they, you know, they're dishonest and they lie and you like, kind of overlook it because they're, you know, they could sell or they could do something for you. But when yeah. they're not a culture fit, they destroy your whole, your whole foundation of your company could get destroyed by a bad employee. So right. you, know, you need to be looking at protecting that culture. I think that's, you know, maybe one of the most important things we do as a company. Yeah. Builder versus destroyer. Yeah. Yep. So what would be some things you would look at, Kevin? Like, what are you doing? Like, why, what would be out of culture for your company? Professionalism, um, trainability. Yeah. Asking questions. You know, we were so strict, man. I, I had to been the most strict landscape company in the world. I, I wouldn't let them smoke in the trucks in front of clients on property. Yeah. We, we were so strict with so many things. It got borderline. Hey, is this a library or a politician's place or is this a landscape company? I'm used to chewing tobacco and yeah. And listen to music and what the hell's all this stuff, you know? And I don't know for lunch. It got a little, little dentistry or whatever that word is. Pharmaceutical. You became a corporate. It got too corporate. So we had to shave off some of the things we didn't need, but we stayed true with the right person for the right seat. So whenever we hired, we had a really awesome filtering process where it was several meetings. It got to be several interviews by different people, not just me. The people involved with that position had to be there, had to interview. We actually had social events for bigger positions, managers, uh, account managers. We'd meet them out at dinner, see how they were socially. Um, There's all kinds of online personality tests you can have an applicant take. Oh, yeah. We did Um, the Enneagram. That's our favorite one. Okay. So that that's a great one, which it, it kind of, for us, it just tells us how our employees think. Okay. And right. So I just brought on three new, three new girls in our company and, you know, I had them go through it and like right away I knew like this person was a four, this person's a two, this person was a one. And I oh, knew wow. the one I was going to have to do a lot more structure with. Cause that's, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because wild thing didn't work as well. So it gives you an insight on what they're weak at and what they're strong at. Yeah. And if they're better, you know, that gives you more ability to know if they're apt to take on that exact role. If they're going to enjoy working with you. Cause like, 
you know, my management styles, I assume people are like me and I don't, I am not someone that's like just sitting over and watching what they're doing. I expect like I assign something to you and I want to see you working on it. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I want to see you like making progress on that. And, you know, if I come back and go, how'd it go? And they go, well, you didn't give me enough information. I'm like, you know, I lose it. I'm like, it drives me crazy. I'm like, you know, so I would have done ask something. A, they didn't yeah. ask a question? What's the hell? Yeah. Or you talk about trainability and that's, that's an ego thing, but you talk to someone and they go, like you say, Hey, I want you to, you know, run these wires and do this. And they go, I know how to do all that. And then you check on them in 15 minutes oh, and they have God. no idea how to do it. Oh, God, no. Yeah. So that was a huge one with our company. Once our SOP was created, they were trained on how to do it that exact way. Now, if they came up with a better solution or a better time-saving thing, we would love that input. We actually rewarded on ideas. We had each team would be mandated to come up with five new ideas to boost customer service, profits, whatever it was important to us. That was huge for me to get their input because they need to feel a part of that machine. Yeah. But yeah, getting them to do exactly how you used to do it or whatever is, is important. So well, when you bring somebody in from another company, you, I don't know yeah. if you've ever done that. And there are just times where it's like, you know, they're like, this is the way I did it here. And you're just like, you're fighting them uphill where you're like, I don't have time to do this. Like first, just have the humility to go like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it the way Pat's showing me. He's been doing this forever. And then once you've learned it, if you have suggestions, let's go. But, you know, the other thing is we do have to listen to our employees because they do have, they're in the yeah. field in the trenches and they can come up with some ideas. We've had some that have just changed our business. So Another thing we did a lot of was barbecues and holidays and, you know, take a, take a few hours off, you know, that work day mm -hmm. and that's their time. We get to relax and enjoy a holiday, maybe pass out gifts. I used to dress up as Santa. Yeah. You know, and I used to give them like work boots and shit yeah. <laughs> that they don't want, but still. And I, I think it's day to day as well. I remember we had a time that we had three Fridays in a row that each Friday we ended up working to like 830 at night. And we mm -hmm. had one guy who was a lead guy. It was his birthday on that Friday and we didn't finish the job till like 830. So he gets home at like 10. He's exhausted, been working all day, terrible weather. And I was like, we need to change this. You know, we ended up switching everything over, you know, to a four ten work week and giving everybody a three day work weekend. Awesome. You know, did a lot of things like that mm. where it's like, you know, we, you got to look at the quality of life someone has because you could push people to work really hard. We loved the four, we loved the four hour, four day work week. Yeah. It's great. And it's, it's awesome. They love it too. Like two of my guys are just crazy. So they get second jobs on the weekends, which yeah. I, I don't get that, but they yeah. want to do that and they have the freedom to do it because they've got oh, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday to work at restaurants, which is awesome for me. We had our Christmas party and one made sushi. The other's got the grill. I was like, you know, fantastic on that side. But yeah. a lot of guys just get, they take a Friday off and it's, you know, three day work week. They can go to their friends and they're free on Thursday night. So yeah, they love it. Things like that to, <clears throat> to like look at how the, how you're affecting your employees' lives. Yeah. Culture is huge and you create that. First, you know, you definitely want to have a good culture for them to come into. Mm -hmm. So a part of doing that is having good processes, procedures, a mission, a vision in writing. Mm -hmm. And my, our mission statement for landscaping, we had a long one that talked about the environment and stuff like that. Yeah. But our short version, our kind of tagline was let's grow something together. 
Nice. And that and that was both mirrored to customers as well as the team. Yeah. And it's also about growing things, right? We grow everything, grass, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was something, and it's on your T-shirts, it's on your trucks, and you just push the culture, push the culture, man. And I love it when I see things uh, people are doing. When they're leaving their yard, they've got a sign that says, have have a kick-ass day. Yeah. Crew or, you know, or, or your manager runs out on a hot ass day and brings all the guys, bunch of Gatorades. Yep. And Picks up Chipotle for lunch. Yeah. Or the boss takes guys out to lunch one day, new guys, especially I always took out to lunch and it, that's culture, man. It's, it's the whole shebang. Yeah. How you think, how would you want to be treated if you went into a new business, you know, as owners, put yourself in their shoes. What would you like to see as a, a career path? Cause you know, people love structure. They love goals and mm-hmm. they, they want to achieve stuff. They don't, most people that you're going to hire hopefully are going to want to achieve more than, than they came in day one. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is being willing to get rid of people. You know, it's like, it's the hard thing, probably the hardest thing that, that you do is sitting down. Like we get, you know, anxious and everything when you have to let somebody go. Right. But the other side of it is like, if you're out there in the field and you're working with someone who's a sloth, who's cutting corners, who's not doing things right. And you're working twice as hard. You know, I almost lost. It's not my, fair. No, it's not. I almost lost one of my best employees over. He's like, I'm tired of these guys I'm working with. I'm like, what would yeah. you do? Because I'd fire them all. I'm like, Really? <laughs> And then, yeah, yeah. Then later on, we figured. I'll do out, it myself. I'll do it myself. Well, he was though. That's like he was like I catch like this one guy sleeping by a tree. I'm like, fire him. Like I gave him the authority to that. You know, he was my field manager. I'm like, you could let anybody go, and I got your back. Yeah, and going back to we're our own worst enemy mm-hmm. at times as business owners, as we'll break procedure, we'll break code. We're desperate to hire somebody. We hire them for more than. Uh, someone you already have work in the same position, that's breaking the cultural code. That's a no-no, and that catches up with you very quickly, like wildfire. It sure does. Yeah, they it's... find out. They they'll find out that day or the next day what you're paying someone. Oh yeah. If it's different, they all talk. And and if they don't so, see it, if they look at it and you go like, "Hey, you brought this one guy on here at X. I started way back here, and I know yeah. I'm better than him." But, you know, one reason or another, you saw something and, and you said, hey, you know, this guy negotiated better, so he's getting better pay. And, and as much as we like to say, like, they don't talk, they talk. They all know. Yeah. Right. We came up with our four, four points. We called them our four pillars. Okay. Uh, we had integrity. We do what we say we're going to do. Motivated. This, this is what we expect from myself as an example. And everybody who works for us. Motivated. We don't wait to be told what to do. Right. We see the problem, we identify it and look for solutions. We're customer focused. We care like family. And a lot of this is still getting back to the, like that family feel. Like, Yeah, we, I love it. We've been doing it forever, but we still have that family feel. And then I craftsmanship, like we design quality love in everything we do. It's what we're trying to do. And that's from, you know, answering the phone to you know, cleaning the office, whatever it is. Like, you know, we want to design quality and care like family. Yeah, for sure. And it takes the edge off because gets away from that cultural, you know, what's that red tape type mm-hmm. environment where you're just a number 
and it gets them to be, oh, I'm, I'm relatable. The owner's relatable. The team gets me. I get rewarded. I, you know, I, I have a say. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. I like that family. I'm just thinking of like s'mores around a damn pit fire right now and yeah. some cornholio. There's, there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you do I, a ton of that. Yeah, yeah, we get cornhole way too much at my my place, but um, yeah, I, I think that's just an important thing is, is really taking that employee mindset, creating that culture, and and planning your culture out because you wanna you wanna make sure that that you're creating the company that you want to work in. You don't want to go if you dread going into work because you don't like the people you're working with. It just nothing's going to work out well. No doubt. All right, let's get into the next. Not that one. All right. What's a four-letter word, Pat? Four-letter word is something that I'm looking more up for more of. Yeah, more of life. What's a four-letter word you want more of in life and in business? It's February, so I'm going to say a lead. Nice. Yeah, that's that's what a lot of my focus has been. It's always when it gets slow, you start going like, crap, we need more leads. We need more customers coming in. That panic starts happening. And it's things that we should be disciplined doing. All the little things, guerrilla marketing, contacting customers. You mentioned newsletters earlier. Um, yep. Leads are so important. You know, you need, you need to be driving new leads, whether it's through referrals or, you know, a good lead source and then managing that. No doubt. Yeah, leads are tough in outdoors businesses because that's typically the off-season, the winter. Yeah. So we got to continually find ways to fill that gap. A lot of times what we did in landscape was we uh, <clears throat> promoted um, deals and discounts that are more than normal if they sign up and wait for the work to be done in the winter. So yeah. we would broadcast that in newsletters and the account manager would talk to customers, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're going to, what always happens is you get so busy in April, May that you don't want any more customers. Um, but ultimately, I want to tell my customers like, "Hey, we're three, four weeks out. You know, we've got so much business coming in. Yeah. You know, even though we're more expensive than everybody else, you know, even though we're the other guy could come out tomorrow and install, we're three to four weeks out, and there's a reason why everybody's yeah. choosing us. So it's like, you know, the customers think like, "What am I missing out here? This guy's half the price, and nobody's working with them. The other guy's twice as much, and he's booked out for four weeks. So you know, leads are what's." kind of makes that all happen is the more customers you have, the more choosy you can be with who you're going to work with. Yeah. And we always had a really good reputation when we got to a job, they were like, I bet you guys are six months out. Yeah. You know, and you know, you're not, but you kind of, yeah, we are. You better hurry up and get on the line. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Give it, me a deposit. It's going to get busy. I don't want you calling me on March 15th when everybody else does. And Oh you know. my God. That's when all the calls come in. Yeah. Yeah, Christmas lighting guys. It's like everybody calls like a week before Thanksgiving, going, "Can I get, you know, my Christmas lighting in on Thanksgiving Day?" My God! You know, great thing about them is they get so busy, they have the pent up demand. They go like, "Hey, we stopped taking on new customers like a month ago, so yeah. get in line for next year." But we yes. want to get there. We want to have that that lead source coming in. Yeah, and I think as business owners, we need to have our our monies appropriated in different pots. I don't think any source it wins every time every year it's always changing at a certain point different leads that we would pay for from those third-party sites like yelp 
mm-hmm. whatnot. They worked for a while, then they stopped. We were doing home shows all the time. That dried up. So you got to, you know, put put them in different buckets, you know, Google and Facebook, et cetera, as well as guerrilla marketing, yard signs, door hangers, word of mouth, referral rewards. I'm a big, huge believer. That's where I go first mm-hmm. is let's do what has always worked, um, but it's a lot tougher and more manpower to get it out there. We did this cool thing to help separate ourselves from others always. My thinking is I've got to be different and better because that's the value I bring. That's the strategy I had to get into my blue ocean. And so we would, instead of tying a a flyer on someone's mailbox, which is illegal in Bushwood, sir, Caddyshack reference, we would get monogrammed Frisbees made with our logos and put a glue dot brochure underneath. It sticks perfectly, fits perfectly. Guy, Two guys in a small car just ripping through. Well, not, <laughs> holy shit. No, sorry, <laughs> Chucking frisbees as they're going 50 miles an hour, hitting but speed bumps. One guy's throwing, the other guy's driving. Dude, you can, you can hit four, five, six big neighborhoods a day. Yeah. And they love that, getting a frisbee in the driveway. Yeah. And it's got your information underneath. It's insane. It's awesome. It's that little next level thing owners should think to get better and get the leads to come in Yeah. when you're slow. Yep. If you're yeah. always a belief that if everybody's doing something, you shouldn't like, you know, in the, not that long ago, everybody was in catalogs, high end catalogs. It was like five grand for a half a page ad for a month. Oh my God. And there's five different lighting companies out there. You're like, you know, those, once I said, like, we're out, I'm like, Big I got to do something different. But it is yeah. cyclical. Like, you know, we, we would make our own catalog and send it out. It worked for four years. Like, it worked like awesome. crazy. And then yeah, last, year, awesome. last year, it dried up. Yeah. So then I had to so reinvent change it. Change it up. Try something yeah. new and, and not do just one thing. Do few things at the same time. And one thing we used to do, too, was we got rid of... Uh, Hey, you have to have a salesman to make sales. No, everybody's a salesman at our company. We give sales commissions to everybody. So if they're at the food line, here's Teeter talking it up, man, do it. Here's business. We gave them business cards, everything, um, tracked all that because everybody is a potential salesman at your company. And if they know they can get extra commissions, man, that's a great way. It is. I, I was visiting a, a lighting company a long time ago and the owner wouldn't let his technicians talk to the customer. So if the customer came out, they were required to say, go talk to the owner. Like he, they were not allowed to. And I just took that going like, what a terrible way to run everything where everything ran through this person. Right. You know, for me, we get our Google reviews from our technicians Our technicians. You know, I, yeah. I get a bonus every time I get a Google and you mentioned me in the Google review, If I did a great yeah. job. Go ahead and you know write a review, mention my name. I really help. It helps me out. Yeah. But if you don't like me and I did a terrible job, then just keep it to yourself. And right. you know, customer laughs a little, and they you know we get tons of Google reviews because they're helping the technician out. They like they develop that that uh, friendship, and then the technician takes more ownership. They come by and look at the job at night, and you know that's what I want to have. But that's that's culture. Like everybody's different. Exactly, and there's service softwares out there that the technician can use to finish the job after they're Mm -hmm. done, go up to the front door, show the iPad, 
sign here, ma'am. We're all done. Do the walkthrough with them, answer questions, give them warranty info, how to use stuff. And a lot of these service softwares like House Call Pro, et cetera, they allow that client to leave them a tip. Yeah. And we, we get tips. Our techs get tips now. And they love going over the jobs and finishing it off. And that's just another way to promote that lead. Isn't that crazy though? Like there's been times where your like, customer is beating you up over price. And then like they get done with it and they give the guys like each a hundred dollar tip. And you're like, you know, but it's awesome. I, I'm excited yeah, for the guys when they get it. And it's I love fantastic. it. Yep. Now yeah. I hate paying tips at all these places now where it's like, you got a fast food. Yeah. It's like, you did nothing for me. Like, why am I giving you 20% extra? But... You moved your arms six feet and gave me something hot. Uh, yeah, there's an extra $3. My Starbucks guy's really cool, though. He tells me a joke every time I pull up. And if, if that's the relatability our techs and our workers need to have with, if they're a face-to-face with homeowner, yeah. managers especially, account managers, they need to smooth and put on that lipstick, baby, because they're kissing some ass. Yeah. And the closer you get, the harder it is for them to let you go. Mm-hmm. So, and they'll tell you about issues a lot sooner. Yeah. But all those companies you're talking about, Starbucks definitely has a culture. Like the barista has a definite like type of person that they're looking to bring on, you know, Southwest yeah. airlines. You know, those they're pretty funny when you're getting on that plane and it's like, they allow their, their employees to really enjoy what they're doing. And, it's a much different experience than when you get on like United and they just lose your luggage. And- I know, it's all over. Yeah. Well, that's good stuff. The four-letter word, lead. We always lead. need them. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Outdoors the Entrepreneur, and hit the notification bells because we're with you every Wednesday. And listen to us wherever you get your podcast, And then follow us on our social media platforms at Outdoorsy Boss, our outdoor masterclass launches this summer so sign up for more details and get notified at outdoorsyentrepreneur.com level up your professionalism and reduce that stress we talking about some no more paperwork check out house call pro software and outdoorsy viewers receive a special introductory pricing discount by using our link down in the description below so we love all our outdoorsy folks We're all working together to make our business better. So kudos to us for working hard and taking the risk as outdoor owners do. And we can't wait to see you guys in the next episode. Have a good day.